0: And welcome to Cornell Cooperative Extension's Family Health and Wellness podcast series for parents and professionals working with families. Parenting tips. Family Health and Wellness is a part of the National Extension System, which provides research-based information and is a program of Cornell Cooperative Extension of Suffolk County. I'm Rory McNish, the host of this series, which will showcase educators who are experts in their field of child development, positive parenting practices, nutrition and health, Our goal is to help adults make research-informed decisions for themselves and their families. I'm pleased to welcome Kara Weiner-Sultan, who will be joining us today to talk about managing sibling rivalry. Kara is a graduate of Cornell University, master's level social worker, and an educator with the CCE Department of Family Health and Wellness. Hey, Kara, how's it going?
1: Hi, Rory, happy to be here.
0: Great, you know, when I saw this topic, I couldn't help but laugh because I feel like it's such an age old topic. I can, you know, I can remember with, with my siblings, you know, and and how much of rivals we are.
1: Exactly, I said, uh, I should have titled this workshop, sibling rivalry from birth to death. Would you say that's true?
0: <laughs> Absolutely, because even though I'm a grandfather, I'm still having rivalry with my my brother <laughs> at this ripe old age. It never that's- ends from the moment that child arrives on the scene and
1: well, well into adulthood and old age, there is still rivalry,
0: absolutely. Managing sibling rivalry is like being a referee all the time. Yep, sometimes we do feel like referees, it can actually be exhausting, right? The competition, the fighting, the jealousy, you name it. Yeah, I've oftentimes been amazed by how creative children can stoop in their attempts to torment their siblings.
1: Absolutely, and as you know, when you become a parent, your own sibling experiences of sibling rivalry suddenly come into play. And while you're astonished what your own children do, you might catch yourself laughing, remembering what you actually did. And you think like, how did they come up with that? And then you say, well, wait a minute, what did I do? All right, well, Rory, you know, before we dig in, I just have to ask any good examples that you wanna share with
0: us? Well, growing up, my brother was a little older than me and uh, it was always his toys until I realized when I got old enough that it was our toys. And we just kind of, we would go back and forth and fight and, you know, that kind of thing. And until I got bigger than him, uh, did he not back off? But once I got bigger than him, he backed off.
1: Exactly. I think in sibling rivalry, sometimes size matters. Yeah. <laughs> once my son, they're, my kids are 15 months apart. And once my son became taller and weighed more than my daughter, the whole dynamic changed. So um, I know, you know, we could spend an hour, I think, talking and trading stories about pretty much the terrible things we've done to torment our, our siblings. But, you know, there's been a lot written and a lot researched about sibling rivalry. So I'd like to talk to you and, and share with our listeners, you know, some really good information and some tips. I think we could all use that on how to manage sibling rivalry.
0: So you're going to solve all the problems as family health and wellness educators always do, right? Oh, always. We are always
1: (laughs) here to solve problems. I wish it were so easy. Unfortunately, no. But again, I'm going to hopefully, you know, share some good research-based information um, so you can apply it to your grandchildren and you can think about maybe your own sibling rivalry different and, you know, work toward more harmonious times, even, even now.
0: Great. Even better.
1: I think the first point to make, I think we need to realize that understanding that, thinking, or I should say, thinking that siblings won't fight is unrealistic, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and if we set ourselves up to think that our, our siblings are going to get along all the time, just sets us up for more stress and failure. Um, so whether you're one of two or you have five children, children are not perfect. And there will always be some degree of conflict. I think it's just human nature. Um, so I think the best thing first is to acknowledge that sibling rivalry is not avoidable, But as parents, our best bet is to hope to contain it.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I used to watch other kids behaving in public and mine are always fighting. And and I'm like, what what the heck am I doing wrong? You know, exactly. So I think let's relieve
1: ourselves of all the guilt of all these years. And the answer is nothing. And, you know, those kids that might be behaving on the grocery store line, the second they get in the car, they could be pulling each other's hair, you know, um, and, and what I will say is what I'm going to talk about a little bit later is that learning how to resolve conflict among siblings can sometimes even have positive outcomes.
0: Well, that makes me feel a little better. I hope so.
1: All right. So let's talk about why kids fight. I'm sure attention comes to mind first, right? Your kids yeah. don't want to share you. There's one of you and many of them. Mm-hmm. Our kids compete for our responsiveness. So when our kids feel that they're not getting appropriate attention or filling the needs of their attention, siblings might start quarreling with each other. As a parent, I can assure you that giving each of your children the attention they want or need is absolutely exhausting.
0: Absolutely, I need an extra set of eyes and hands. Exactly, how
1: many times can you watch your child do something
0: while the other child is telling you to watch and do something else?
1: So desiring attention from parents or even caregivers Definitely is one of the main causes of rivalry, but I'm actually going to let you in on a little secret, which you may or may not know.
0: All right, let me, let's hear it. Come on.
1: All right, so here are our secrets. Sometimes parents think that they have to give give their kids attention every waking minute of the day. I think especially young children and toddlers, of course, we have to monitor their safety, but you know what? It's just not the case. You don't have to constantly watch your children to fill their needs for attention. Kids actually feel love and attended Um, to by giving them on average 15 to 20 minutes of undivided attention a day so making sure that your kids have those uninterrupted minutes can actually ward off a lot of the whining a lot of the attention seeking because they've met they've had their needs met so taking time out 15 to 20 minutes a day will get you far
0: all right good tip good tip
1: and another reason um, that siblings might fight is they want to feel powerful. And what I mean by that is that children often want to be the one that's the favorite one, right? Daddy's little girl, mm-hmm. mommy's little boy. And if they don't feel that way, they might get revengeful. An example of this is tattling. So one child who wants the desired love of the parent makes the other child look bad. Um, I think everyone can relate to that one.
0: Oh, I sure can.
1: So when it comes to tattling, and telling a good rule of thumb to distinguish the two is telling your kids that tattling gets someone in trouble and telling gets someone out of trouble. So if you're tattling by saying to your par- to a parent that a- that your brother is doing something wrong and drawing attention to it, you're causing trouble for them. That is not good. But if you see your brother climbing out the window, that's telling, and that's getting him out of trouble. Another reason kids might fight is boredom. And I think what we've been living through for the past year has amplified that reason. I I think we can spend a moment talking about sibling rivalry during COVID, because it's been a game changer. You know, we've had days, weeks, months at home, and siblings have been forced to be together. You know, I've heard stories about families with teenagers and younger children. And you know, there might be eight years difference. So they were ships passing in the night, But now it's a whole new world. Siblings are actually getting to know each other. Um, Teenagers aren't out of the house like they used to be. Kids are not running off to school and activity. You know, it has pros and cons. Kids closer in age all the time, they might find it more difficult to get along, especially around the toddler age. Um, You know, parents are also trying to work and they're trying to care for the kids, Um, So I think we can say that issues of sibling rivalry have definitely been challenged and been talked about more. I was reading some articles on this topic, and actually I I read this quote, I think a mom posted on Instagram, but I just thought it was, it could really hit home for some of our listeners of what Mm -hmm. things are, what, what things kids are fighting about when they're, um, you know, in quarantine. Right. So this mom wrote, my children are currently fighting over an invisible bike. That the seven-year-old won't share. I pointed out to the three-year-old that she could just ride her own invisible bike, but she laid down in sods. <laughs> but I only want hers.
0: <laughs> you got to give them creativity points, right? You're not <laughs> kidding. That is funny. Oh my gosh, that and it, it's, it's so true. Like, I I it, can right? see that happening. Yeah, with all my kids. Yeah, yep. Yep. You
1: know, and again, being home day in, day out. I mean, how many times can you play Candyland? How yeah. many times can you watch Home Alone? Right. So kids have gotten really creative in their ability to play. But with That's, that, they've yeah. gotten really creative in their ability to be <laughs> That's rivals. Great. So um, I, I thought that was pretty, pretty funny. You got to make light of some of this. But, That's right. you know, with that, kids, it has been studied and noted that kids have formed closer relationships. You know, kids are getting to know each other. Um uh, young adult siblings are forced to be home. Truthfully, your siblings have really been your lifeline to socialization. So it's a new facet of sibling relationships to research, to discuss, and kids really have to learn to work it out because no one's going anywhere.
0: Yeah, it would be interesting to see if the close closeness of sibling achieved during this lockdown sticks, you know, once we get back to normal lives.
1: I agree. Well, once everyone can go back to a normal life, we'll probably people say, you know what, I hate you more than I did. Before I got to know you better. (laughs) Or will you see situations of of (laughs) siblings that, you know, have rediscovered love? So I don't know. It will be interesting. It's definitely um, a history-making time period. But again, there's some other factors, I think, in sibling rivalry that are universal, COVID or no COVID. Developmental stages may affect how siblings relate, like you were sharing with your brother Mm -hmm. and the toy. And once you got old enough, it was a whole different ballgame. And it was a whole different way of fighting. Kids at age two can't share. That's not in their, uh, wheelhouse of skills that they've developed. Um, so that's what they're going to fight over. And if your child, your children are two and three, that's going to be a different struggle than a child who's two and 10 and does know how to share. share. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You might see teenagers um, doing more fighting over things like belongings. My sister stole my shirt. Girls might often fight over that kind of stuff. Clothes, boys might fight over video games. So a lot of it might be influenced by child's developmental stage. And with sibling rivalry, a child's temperament, right? Some children are very sensitive. Some children are very abrasive. So there are all these very subtle things in a family and the family dynamics that also Uh, might come into play. Uh, You know, family dynamics might also come into play. For example, one child might remind a parent of a difficult family member. You know, maybe a a mom has a sister who she hates and her daughter reminds her of that sister. So subconsciously, this actually might influence how the parent might treat the child. Um, It's a very complicated puzzle, right? You can think of all the different aspects of it. Um, And every family certainly has its own family dynamics.
0: Oh, I agree with all these things at play it's no wonder any siblings actually do get along.
1: Yeah, that is true. Considering all the the different um, ingredients in the mix. Um, You know, another thing Rory that bears mentioning is that if a child has special needs or some type of illness, this might impact the family and changes, you know, how siblings are regarded. Um, You know, a child that might get sick with cancer, you know, suddenly that child needs all the help and the siblings are left to care for themselves you know, and as a child progresses through treatment that could ebb and flow when there's a new baby, a child that might, you know, have special learning issues. So it can definitely be impacted by each child and their own specific needs.
0: I can imagine that would be difficult.
1: Yes. And then there are certain things like physical factors. So maybe you've moved into a bigger house. Maybe you've moved into a smaller house and kids suddenly have to share rooms. And also, you know, as you grow, new conflicts arise. When my 10 and 11 year old are fighting these days, I, I oftentimes remind them, you know, in some ways the fighting has changed in many ways, but in some ways it still remains the same. So, again, it it, it sometimes does change, but you know, there always will be fighting.
0: Yeah, that's very true. All right, so here comes a question. I have oftentimes heard that it's better to leave kids alone and not intervene the second you hear an argument.
1: Well, very good. You've been reading and listening to things. It's (laughs) actually a recommendation with limits, right? Of course, like if you see someone being dangled off the roof. Uh, But I think a lot of times as parents, when our kids are fighting, our blood pressure rises and our knee jerk reaction is to run in there, raise our voice. Tell them both that, you know, they've been doing terrible things wrong. They're both at fault or, you know, send them to their rooms or cause a, a big stir. And, and in fact, that's actually not the recommendation. The Center for Parenting Education actually came up with a cool traffic light system to help guide us.
0: That sounds interesting. Do tell.
1: All right. So we're going to think about our um, strategies for intervening in sibling rivalry as the different colors on a traffic light. So a green light situation is obviously the best. That's just sort of your normal day, everyday bickering. Um, Who's holding the remote control? Who's choosing a TV show? Who has the ball that the other one wants to to use? And as tempting as it is, the recommendation is to stay out of it. Even if it means, you know, leaving the room, turning the corner. These kinds of situations are ripe um, for kids to resolve conflict On their own. And, you know, if you give them time, they can, someone might give in, they might decide on a compromise, but you know, if you give them that space to work it out on their own, it can work.
0: Green light means go away, I guess.
1: Yes, exactly. Green light means parents go away. The unfortunate thing is that not all sibling situations are green light, right? There's the yellow light.
0: (laughs) Okay. That means caution. So tell me what, what that means in this aspect.
1: Correct. When you're when you're driving and you see that yellow light, you kind of have to put on the brakes and, and apply caution. So a yellow light fighting situation would be things like name calling, voice raising and any kind of mild physical contact or some threat of danger. So in these cases, it's important to not walk away and let ki- kids um, work, work it out on their own. It's better to intervene. And guess what? We as parents need to do something quite simple in these situations, and that is listen.
0: These are such great suggestions. Sometimes as parents, it's hard to stop and pause and listen, but it it is worthwhile, right? Exactly. So
1: listening to what each child is saying is showing understanding of their feelings. So you want to stop the kid's Um, You want to have them each explain while they're upset and help them to express their feelings. Even if you don't agree with why they were fighting, I think giving kids a space to talk and listen about their feelings is important. Um, And it's important as parents to stay neutral and not let their kids think um, they're they're taking sides. So, you know, a yellow light situation is one with a little bit of parent intervention. You want to separate the kids, get them to tell their side and hopefully come to some uh, resolution, but there's actually an orange light situation.
0: Is that worse than yellow?
1: Yeah, you know, traffic lights don't actually have that, you know. Right. But if they did, an orange light is definitely approaching red, right? right? And in an orange light conflict, there is an increasing threat, and these kind of fights do seem more serious. And it's hard to tell, you know, when the kids are um, touching each other if it's real fighting. Or fake fighting.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, I I know definitely these times. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: especially sometimes boys can be physical and you don't know if it's like they're practicing their latest wrestling moves or they're Mm -hmm. really looking to inflict harm. Um, So an orange light situation, we would apply those same concepts as yellow light, which is separating the kids, having them tell their side listening. Another strategy for those situations is always to review family rules. And, you know, it, it's good for families to set out rules when things are calmer, of course, and to have an expectation of behavior in the house like it doesn't have to be a written chart of rules, but some dialogue of things like we don't fight in this house and we respect each other's opinion. We use words, not physical fighting to resolve conflict. So a time that there is this escalation of physical interaction with kids it's a good time to pull them apart and say, Hey kids, what, what are the rules in this house? It's harder, of course, with teenagers than it is with little kids, but coming back to that signals to the kids that this kind of behavior will not be tolerated.
0: Okay. How we do this sounds good.
1: So what we're actually doing here, Rory, is we're teaching conflict resolution. It's an, it's one of the benefits of sibling rivalry. So while we've talked about how difficult it is, how, torturous and, you know, it's always gonna be there. Um, One of the benefits is is learning conflict uh, resolution. Um, You know, kids oftentimes are amenable to setting up a meeting, you know, especially with parents on Zoom meetings all the time. Kids, Mm -hmm. you know, especially younger kids like the notion of setting up chairs, having an official meeting. And I think in these meetings, it's important for the adults to be the role model and to go around and to have kids share their opinions, and for us as parents to help kids understand that their opinions matter and make a difference. So, you know. Give each child a chance to talk and express their viewpoint and opinions. I guess maybe let them play lawyers, right? Have them justify why they stole the remote, have them justify why they grabbed the toy or dumped the rice Krispies on the floor. But, you know, by giving each child a chance to talk about and express their viewpoint, you know, you're helping them to process what happened. And then you ask them for solutions. This is an excellent skill that's developed. I know it's hard sometimes to take the time and to have the patience to do it. But if you do this, kids will grow to be good at Evaluators of solutions to problems and they can be applicable to real life situations. I always think of it as like a mini UN model, and all the siblings are representing the different countries and have to come together with their needs and figure it out.
0: Yeah, I get it. Life skills can be learning through arguing but resolving conflict effectively. I wish I knew this with all my kids back in the day, you know, (laughs) I think really sitting around with everybody and kind of like doing exactly what you said, like giving them the opportunity to kind of air their grievances. And, you know, we, we sort of did that, but uh, not, not specifically. And I think that that's a great, great way to to do this.
1: Yeah. You know, right. Like looking back, what I wish I knew it then. And I think too, it takes practice. Cause I think there are certain, certain situations where you just don't have the patience, or you're in the grocery store and things are deescalating, but even when you come home, revisiting it. And I like what you said, airing their grievances and whether their grievances were right or wrong, mm-hmm. you know, that their sibling deserved to have the milk right. spilled on their head or you know, we always had the spraying with the hose or splashing yeah. with water, right? right. Like, yep. you know, but telling them this is why I did it and having yeah. the other ones say, well, I didn't like it. And it does work. It actually does sink in. And the kids really can get behind this notion of being heard and resolving conflict. You know, it'll make them good leaders as they grow up. And, you know, hopefully the, the conflict will be resolved effectively. But, you know, I did leave out the, the worst category of rivalry, which is the red light and okay. there are certain situations, right, as I'm sure you can attest to in your own family, sure. where physical and emotional harm is really likely to occur. And, you know, I think in those situations, you might not have the luxury of taking time out for a meeting. Um, kids should be separated. Right. The risk of threat or harm should be yeah. minimized, taken away. And in some situations, there, you know, a consequence might be warranted. The consequence yep. should fit the, the action itself and not just be arbitrary.
0: Right, but you have to act right away.
1: You absolutely have to act right away. Absolutely, one thing that's important to consider is after these sort of red light situations happen, is for parents to consider what sets kids off and what causes the red light situations. If there is a pattern, Um, you know. So I challenge all our listeners to pay attention to those areas of con of or activities that spark conflict. You know, maybe it's TV watching, you know, you know, if you have two different kids of ages and interests at choosing a television show can be absolute torture or who Mm -hmm. we fight about who turns on the TV, (laughs) you know, like, but you know what? Someone's got to turn off the TV too, Mm -hmm. but Oh no, Oh no. It's who turns it on. And, you know, paying attention to what is going to set off the escalation noticing what causes the battle Um, and try to ward it off before it escalates. Set ground rules before the kids sit down to watch the television. Mention maybe who will be doing the choosing and what this means. Um, And also pay attention to the tone of your voice of your kids actually, and try to look for times you could, you know, you know your own kids, you know what sets them off. Um, But of course it takes practice, but trying to nip things in the bud as much as possible um, can be very effective.
0: Yeah, that definitely makes sense. Red, orange, yellow, green, good to remember. Now, do you have any other good tips for us?
1: Yeah, sure. Hopefully that'll you know sink in and people will, you know, refer back to that traffic light analogy because I think it, it can be very helpful. Another source or another suggestion for mitigating sibling rivalry is um, I think sometimes we often forget, is to praise our kids in public and punish them in private. And what I mean by this is when there's an argument in your house, right, and there is clearly an instigator, you know you know, that the six-year-old took that toy right out of the two-year-old's hands, you want to make sure to rep to reprimand, reprimand, or address the issue out of the earshot of the other child. So even if it is a two-year-old, you want to pull the six-year-old aside and talk to them about the behavior, because if the other children are hearing it, they're going to get off on that. Right. And Mm -hmm. they're going to, you know, come back, maybe not the two-year-old, but if you have kids that are Teen and preteens, remember when mom told you to not do that and they'll right. use it as ammunition. <laughs> and again, then you're getting yourself into another another fight. Right. Um, so conversely, it's important to remember when your kids are being good. And when you see that, oh, wow, you just gave your brother the remote, you know, praise that and praise that loudly. You know, as the expression goes, catch them being good.
0: That's right. Kind can- to
1: keep those times of criticism, you know, away and quiet.
0: Yeah, kids love to hear praise, right?
1: Absolutely. And when it comes to issues of sibling, you know, tensions and issues, they want to hear praise because when you're praising them, you're giving them the attention that they're going to be looking for. So again, it sort of is like one big vicious cycle that if you praise them, maybe you can ward off the bad behavior and you know, and then the other one will hopefully inspire the other children in the household to act accordingly because they want the same attention for praise. So, you know, compliments are good when they're warranted. My final suggestion um, is to find family togetherness time. I think we all can agree, though, that we've actually had too much togetherness these days. My girlfriend is going to get a family T-shirt that says too much togetherness uh, (laughs) to wear to to talk about the past year. Um, But I think, you know, the concept in some ways is overdone because, again, everyone has been together. But I think it's different to be home and be present. So carving out a time that everyone turns off their screens, turns off their phones, minimizes the distraction and kids come together with their, their families and caregivers to feel a sense of connectedness and that they're on the same level. You know, even if it's a family movie night or a mealtime, that's when there's good conversation, not the movie, but the the dinner, the Mm mealtime conversation, a moving, a movie night can be a nice relaxing bonding experience. Um, you know, you can model good behavior with the kids about picking the movie. You know, maybe it's one child's choice one night, another the other night. But it's it's showing them that families can come together and be cohesive. And I think when you're dealing with sibling rifts, that that's really important so that they know, yeah, we can fight, but we're really a family. Because as you grow into adulthood, you want them to come back to that sense that they are a family and that they are related no matter what. <laughs>
0: Well, Kara, as I always do, I learned a lot today. Now, this is a topic we will never stop talking about or living for that matter.
1: Well, maybe you'll go back to your own siblings and say, hey, our life was full of red lights, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) And, you know,
1: we'll see again our our children and... Uh, living through sibling relationships during a pandemic, you know, that information will certainly be so interesting to follow um, as time goes on. But yeah, Roy, thank you. Uh, Thanks for sharing your experiences and, you know, hopefully... Everyone listening has learned about, uh, you know, just some tips and some background about sibling rivalry and hopefully can apply some of the things we talked about today to better manage and, you know, good luck, right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> and,
1: and go outside when you can. I think that's, that's a really important one that's because it. things tend to de-escalate. Right. You know, I say just go outside and then suddenly they're saying, wait, what were we fighting about, right? Right.
0: Yeah. They forget so, it.
1: Yeah. Even if it's, you know, 25 degrees, uh, just go outside. So outside. Uh, yeah, well, Thanks yeah thanks (laughs)
0: rory well thanks for bringing us all this all this great information cara and that's our podcast on managing civil rivalry thanks for listening we'd love to hear your comments about today's topics you can email us at jsj79 at cornell.edu or you can email cara directly at caw10 at cornell.edu for more information on this and other parenting topics check out our website at www.ccesuffolk.org forward slash family dash health dash and dash wellness and look around for links you want to check out. Take care and see you again.